Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. We are beginning tonight's shear in Simon Sadi Zayin. We are up to Sif Bez, the end of page 256. The Mechaber says in Sif Bez, Osir lo loruk. During Tfila, during Shemar Esrei, it is usher to spit. If it's impossible for him not to spit, he should absorb it into his garment in such a way that it should, be, should not be seen. If he's a very uh, finicky, sensitive person, he's not able to take it when he sees a disgusting thing. And therefore he's unable to have it absorbed in his garment. He should throw it behind him. And the Ramah writes, If he's not able to throw the spit behind him, Then he should spit to his left and not to his right. The kosher came the fun of the usher. If to the right is usher, certainly in front of him is going to be usher. And that which we learn later on in Simon Kuf Chav Gimel. The Ramaz bothered by Akash over here. We say later on, we take three steps back from Yishmur Esrei. You first bow to the left, because your left is Hashem's right. So if you're going to bow to your left, which is Hashem's right, so why would you spit to your left, which is Hashem's right? It should be the opposite. So it seems to be a stira. When it comes to spitting, we say spit to your left, which is Hashem's right. So we're not being machshiv Hashem's sides. We're only being machshiv our side. So we spit to our left, not to our right. But when it comes to three steps back, we say bow to the left, because that's Hashem's right to do that first. So what's the pshat? So it says the Ramah, Yeishlomer da'atam. We can say the reason is, Since we know from the Gemara Sukkah that tells us, the Shekhinah never came down below Tentvachim. Therefore the Shekhinah is not a cross from the one who is davening. Therefore we gave the covet to your, the person davening's right, when it comes to spitting during davening, because Hashem did not come that low down, He's not right there in front of you, and therefore we don't go by Hashem's sides, we go by your sides, and we say spit to the left. But when you're taking three steps back at the end of davening, a person is removing himself from the place of his davening, and he's across from the shechina, even though the shechina is higher than ten, but he's, the shechina is still there. Therefore, he, he says shalom, he bows to the left side first. That towards the right of Hashem, because when you're bowing, you're moving yourself from Shimon Esrei, you're bowing towards Hashem, even though he's over ten. When it comes to spitting, so Hashem's not considered there because he's above ten, therefore you spit to your left. When it comes to three steps back, we view Hashem as if he's there because you're bowing to Hashem, even if he's above ten, and therefore you spit, you take three steps back and you first bow to your left side. Says the Mishabura back on 256, Sifkaton Gimel. We said it is also the spittering davening. Anything that is forbidden to do during davening is also also to do during the extra supplications at the end of davening. The kozman shalopasa, because so long that you didn't take your three steps back, havalei ka'omid lefnei melech. It's as if you're still standing in front of the king. There's a very important note over here, note number two in the back of the sefer, which I will read. He says, Even though you really finished Monasre, you said the final Yularatzon. 
The Mishnebura tells us later on, Shenechshav ka'omed lifnei hamelach kozman shelopasa. You said Yilurotzon, your tefillah is over. But so long that you didn't take it three steps back, it's still considered that you're standing in front of the king. And therefore, whatever you can't do during Shemun Esri because you're in front of the king, you can't do then either. But Rechaim Kinevsky explains, Shedafka l'inyan rok kosav kein. The Mishnebura says this specifically by spitting. Also, in terms of speaking when it's not necessary, you shouldn't speak then either, because you're over the Amelach. Haval, however, in Sayyim Tfilosu, Ve'eni Yochel of Soa, Kevan Shei Kones Lotoch, Arba Amoshel Mespal Shacharov. But if you finish one Esri and you're ready to take three steps back, but there happens to be someone else davening behind you, and if you take three steps back, you're gonna then enter his Arba Amos, which you're not allowed to do, as we'll see shortly. So, Muterlo La Sheves, Imuchutla Arba Amos, Shalom, Espalo, Shacharov. Says Rechai you can sit down. You didn't take it three steps back, you can't. Because if you take it three steps back, you're gonna enter his Dalad Amos. But right now, you're out of his Dalad Amos, you finish one Esri, you could actually sit down. So that which the Mishabruah says over here, that when you finish one Esri, you're in the middle of the extra supplications, it's Ka'omelech that's only Lagabe certain things, that's Lagabe not spitting, Lagabe not speaking, but you would be allowed to sit if you can't take your three steps back. So it's not across the board that it's Ki'ilu, you are according to the way Rechaim Knievsky understands it. Let's go back to Sivdala, the very end of 256. If it's impossible to... If it's... A, what? If, if you sit down, somebody may assume that, uh, that you finish already. You, so did finish, you did finish. You just didn't take it three steps you back. Did, you didn't take the three steps right. back. Right. Because you, so you... You sit down, you finish. Somebody can... Yeah. We said in the Machaber that you should not spit, but if it's impossible not to spit, it's bothering you very much via Torah the Tfiloso. So you knock you out the country and you're davening, so you feel you have to spit. Then we said you can spit, but you must wait after the spitting the time it takes to walk for Amos, like we learned earlier in Simon Sadi Beis, Siftes. But here in note number four, it gives a very interesting reason for the Arach HaShulchan, why one should wait the time that it takes for Amos after he spits before he davens. You don't want to spit and say words right afterwards, because says Arach HaShulchan, it looks like you're spitting on what you're saying afterwards. So after you spit, you want to wait a couple of seconds before you start davening, so we see the spit has nothing to do with the words that you're saying afterwards. We also have the reason of the Kavachayim, which I believe we mentioned earlier, and that is, Even after one spits, we're worried there's still some saliva around in his mouth, so the time it takes to work for Amas, and then I guess it gets absorbed in his mouth, or he swallows it, and then his mouth will be clear for tefillah. Says the Mishabur nira. We said what you should do if you have saliva in your mouth, you feel you have to spit it out, you should spit it into your garment and have it absorbed in your garment so it should not be seen. Kigom tachton. This is talking about on on a garment underneath where it won't be seen. But an outer garment where it will be seen, it's Aser. Nowadays that we have some kind of handkerchief, even though the saliva can be seen, it could be it's okay. Since the handkerchief is made for that reason, to put your saliva, whatever you have, into it, it is not considered disgusting. That's the Mogan Avram writes. The other Achronim say, 
even if you have this special handkerchief, you should still wrap it up in a way that it shouldn't be recognizable, even though that is a garment specified for that purpose, you still should make sure that it's not visible. Sivkotan Vav is going on that which the Mechaber says if one is an Istanis, and he's not able to absorb it. Why wouldn't he be able to absorb it in his garment if he's an Istanis? So the Mishibur gives us three, uh, three reasons. Perish. Shemos lo lavlio b'ksuso. It's just disgusting to him to absorb it in his garment. O she'eno yachal v'shoso v'piv achi avlienu. Or he doesn't have the... He, he can't stand it so much he wants to spit out so fast before he has a chance to do it in his garment, which would take a little longer. O shu ksusna. Or he has a nice garment v'im nitzrichenu she'avlienu bo yachridenu gamken. Or he's wearing a nice garment that's going to make him crazy to know that he just spit inside his nice garment. He's not going to be able to handle it, not going to be able to focus. So those are reasons why a person would be an istanis. And we said in that case in the Machaber, Zarkol Achorav, spit behind you. Sivkotan Zayin, Hainu Shahofech Ponov Lachorav, you should turn your face around and spit. Osha Zarko Biado Lachorav, or you should throw it in your hands and throw it behind you from your hands. Avalo Klape Malav, but not in an upward motion, Shenirik Ekofa, then it would be like you're spitting on Hashem. In note 7, he points out that if you do spit behind you or you throw it behind you, then after you finish from Esrei, the Shulchan Shomu writes that you have to make sure that you, you stomp on it and you rub it out, that it shouldn't be your saliva sitting around in Shul. In Sivkotan Ches, the Mishibur is going on that which the Ramah said, that if you can't throw it behind you, then you should spit it to the left side, but not to the right side, and certainly not in front of you. in front of him, And therefore you certainly don't want the spit to go in front of you. However, if for whatever reason it's impossible to spit besides to your right or in front of you, and it bothers you very much that you can't get the roke out, you are allowed to spit to the right, and even in front if you have to do it. Sifkaton test, the Mishabura gives us another reason. The Ramos said one reason. The Ramos was bothered by a kashla. Just review it. We're saying over here when it comes to spitting, you should spit to your left, not to your right. But when you take three steps back in Shmon Esrei, the Ramos pointed out that the halacha there is you, you bow first to the left and then to the right because the left of you is Hashem's right. So why when it comes to taking the bows, you bow to your left which is Hashem's right? But when it comes to spitting, you spit to your left. That's also Hashem's right. So why should you spit to Hashem's right? So the Ramah gave us one answer, and we're going to see two other answers. The Ramah gave, the Ramah, just to review, said the reason is, the Gemara and Sukkot tells us the Shekhinah never came down under 10 Tvachim, however you understand that exactly. And therefore, when it comes to your spitting, Hashem's not really in that area. So we go by your left, your right's more chashiv, you should spit to your left, Hashem's not there. But when it comes to three steps back and you're bowing, you're bowing to Hashem. Even though he doesn't come below 10 Tvachim, he's a little higher, you're still bowing to Hashem, and therefore you want to bow first to Hashem's right. That was the Ramaz explanation that Mishabura brings from the Achronim in, no, in Sif Katan Tess. The Achronim Tirtu B'Pshitas. The Achronim answers simply. When a person wants to spit, the Shechina, even though it is there, removes itself from the person. The Shechina doesn't want to be around when you spit. So as you spit, the Shechina moves away. And we had a similar idea way back in the beginning of the Shulchan Aruch. In Simen Gimel, there was a special phrase that a person says when he goes to the bathroom to tell the Malachim, you know, please hold, please hold while I go to the bathroom, you're telling them to remove themselves. So the same way that when a person goes to the bathroom, the Malachim take leave of him, when a person spits, the Malachim also take leave, and therefore we don't have to address the, the Shechina 
when a person is spitting and therefore you spit to your left. Therefore we go by the left or right of a person. When it comes to Shemun Esrei, the Ayri Beishtach Avosh and Meishtach Avosh Tfiloso LaHashchina. At the end of Shemun Esrei, you're bowing to the Shechina. There, the Shechina is there. He's not removing himself. Therefore, we go after the right of the Shechina. So when it comes to spitting, the Shechina removes itself totally. So you, you you go by the person. But when it comes to bowing at the end of Shemun Esrei, the Shechina is there, and therefore you bow to your left, which is Hashem's right. Very interesting note. Note number eight. Well, it's interesting for me because I'm a lefty. What about a lefty? It goes by the left or right of that individual person. So a person is supposed to spit to his left. If he's a lefty, so his left is really his right. So he spits to his right. But according to a third reason, that's what the Hamad Magen Avram, the reason why we spit to the left is because the Pesach says, Hashem Hashem is your shadow on your right side. So you see Hashem is on your right side, and therefore you spit to the left. In Cain, according to that, even a lefty, by the left of everyone. So, Lefi, the reason that the Magad Avram brings down that you're spitting on the left because Hashem Silcha Yadimilecha, that's no difference in a right and a lefty, so everyone spit to the left. But Lefi, the reason we saw in the Ramah or the Mishabura that we, we're, not, we're not factoring in the Shechina, we're only factoring the person, so for a righty, so the left side is the less Chashiv side. For a lefty, the right side is less Chashiv, and therefore you would switch and a lefty would spit to his right according to those reasons. Says the Mishabura Vaitrin Sevkatan Yud, Vahu Neg Kenegir Ashrina. That's going on when you take the three steps back. We said that you're Kenegir Ashrina and therefore you bow to your left, which is Hashem's right. Rotalomer Shal Korcha Kavanoso Oz Beis Hayishtachavo, Lishtachavos Negir Ashrina. Because when you're taking the three steps back and you're bowing, you're obviously bowing to the Shrina, Shehilomalo Measara, which is over ten, going with Ramaz Pshat. Kihalolo Yardalamata, because we know the Shekhinah didn't go below, so you're bowing to the Shekhinah, which is above 10, but the Shekhinah is there, and therefore you would go to the left. Says the Mechaber Vaiter in Siv Gimel, Imkina Okatso, if a louse is biting a person, Yemash Mesh Bebegadov Lasira Shil Despatal Kavanaso, a person should take his garment to remove it, so he shouldn't be Mavatal as Kavanah, he should get rid of it. but you should not remove it with your hand. The Ramah says, "V'davka b'shasa tefila." This is davka during davening. Aval shalom b'shasa tefila. If you're not in the middle of davening, yochal little kino ulazarka b'beisakneses. You can't take the louse and throw it off even in the beisakneses. Va'ayin le'el simendalid sif yudches. Says the mishabura sif katan yudalef. You should take it off. What? Lice. It's, an, it's, it's one lice. One of lice is called a louse. Sorry. Biyado, Sifkatan Aleph, Sifkatan Yud Aleph, Biyado. We said you should not take it off with your hand. Viyam Ovar Unetala, but if you're a middle of Shmonesrei and you did take it off with your hand, Yeshav Shef Yado Bakoso, you should rub your hand on the wall or something else to clean your hand. In Sifkatan Yud Beis, he writes, look what we wrote in Simendala Sif Yud Ches, the Mavur Shom that Nogea Bekinot Tzarek Lito Yado Bamayim. It says over there that if you touch a louse, lice, 
that you should wash your hands with water. And because of the evil spirit that goes on your hands from touching a kina, the certainly if you before davening, you have to wash your hands for davening anyways. Certainly if you touched lice, you have to, you have to wash your hands before davening. As opposed to it, a mosquito it, and a fly. Yes. In note number 10, he points out an interesting thing, because the first Mishabur in Yud Aleph said that if you're Milosh Esrei, wipe your hands. But we just said afterwards in Sifyud Beis that you really have to wash your hands because there's Ruach Ra. So if you look at note number 10, he points out, the, your Milosh Esrei, we said just wipe your hands to clean it. The Ashit Tzarech Nitila Mishum Ruach Ra, even though it's Mephurish and Sifkat and Yud Beis from that which we learned earlier, that you must wash your hands from the Ruach Ra with water when it comes on from a, a louse. The Ruach Ra, Harei Tzarech Davka Mayim, so why are you just rubbing your hand on something? There's two aspects when you touch lice or louse. One is and two this cleanliness. So, if you're a middle Shmonesrei, you can't wash your hands. You're middle davening. You can't walk to the sink. So therefore, Therefore, we were lenient to allow him to continue davening even though now there's a Ruach Ra on his hands. That which you have against only for Nikias. And we saw this earlier, way, way, way back, that if you want to learn Torah and your hands are the Ruach Ra, we said you could just wipe them off. You're allowed to learn or daven with the Ruach Ra, just not, it just has to be Naki. So you can wipe your hands or clean your hands if you don't have water. And afterwards, when you get water, get rid of the Ruach Ra. So that's what we're saying over here. You can't wash your hands. So you can't get rid of the Ruach Ra right now, but at least get rid of the uncleanliness, which was also caused by touching the Kina. Says the Mechaber Vaiter. Here's Halacha that's much more Nagea. Halacha Dalin. In Nishma Taliso Mimikomo Yochol Lemashmesh Bo'ulach Zero. You're in Middle Ishmael Esra. You're not supposed to get involved in other things, but your talus starts uh, slipping off. So you are allowed to fix your talus in the Middle Ishmael Esra. Avlim Nofal Kulo. But if your talus fell off completely, Eino Yochol Lachzor Ulisatev Bo Dahavi Hefsik. You leave it on the floor. Talus fell off. You leave it on the floor, you don't pick it up in the middle of Shmonesri. Middle of Shmonesri. So if it's moose out of place, so you feel it falling, you could fix it. But once it falls off, you leave it. Says the Mishabura in Sifkaton Yud Gimel. Yachal Mashmesh, if it didn't fall all the way off, you can fix it. Afilu Nafal Rubo, even if the majority of the talus fell off, you could fix it. However, Kulo, you can't fix it. Sifkaton Yudalid. Afilu Imnishar Adayim Biado, even if you caught it in your hands, it fell off your body, but you caught it in your hands, you still can't fix it. Ha'atifa Havi Hefsik, the wrapping of the talus around you, that's a Hefsik. We're going to get to that very shortly. Kavadabrios, that's an excellent question, Yitzchak. In note 13, he writes, what if you're the guy behind the person whose talus fell off in Milosh Monastery and you finished Monastery? So in note 13, he tells us from that which we learned earlier at Hilchot Tzitzis, Umashma Midvarav L'El, it's Masha from the Mishabura, way back in Simen Ches, Sha'odam Acher Yocho Lakachas Es Atalas Vilitna Algabe Roshu Vilguva Shalom Espalo. If you see someone else's talus fall off when he's in Milosh Monastery, you can go and put it back on him. Now we also learned that if your talus falls off totally, you need a new bracha, which we'll address shortly. The same thing will apply to this point if someone else puts it on you, as if you put it on yourself by mistake, which you're not supposed to do. But if you look in Sifkot and Tezvav, he discusses what if you made a mistake, you did the wrong thing, and you in fact put it back on when you weren't supposed to, what do you do? So in Sifkot and Tezvav, he writes, Eino Yochel, you can't put it back on. Vim Ovar, if you did the wrong thing, this Atefo, and you wrapped yourself again in the talus during Shemun Esrei, you do not have to go back to the beginning of the bracha. You just continue on 
in your tefillah. When you finish davening, you move it around, you touch it, and you make a bracha. Because like we learned, when your talus falls off, you must make a new bracha, because you didn't have a mind to put it back on, you need a new bracha. So if your talus falls off, and you were, you're not supposed to put it back on, but if you did put it back on, you would wait till after Shemun Esra, you'd touch it, you'd feel it, you'd move it, and you'd make the bracha. So too, obviously, if someone put it on you, it would be the same idea, after Shemun Esra, you would make the bracha when you are memashmish. Fine. Now the Mishabura says, Zokain Shemesin Bate Ainayim Shekohen Bril. An old man, or anyone for that matter, that wears Bate Ainayim, houses of eyes, Shekohen Bril Mishkafayim. We call those glasses. I found it interesting that it's called Bril. I assume Braille comes from that Lushan. That um, a person who wears glasses, Imheim Rufuyin. If they're very loose on one's nose, and it's very likely it's going to fall as you're bowing down. It's appropriate to tie the, the string around the head to make sure that your glasses would, would stay on. I guess it should be a, an elastic that keeps it on, like a bungee cord that will keep your glasses on. So, yeah, so that your glasses shouldn't fall off when you are davening. Fine. Says the Mishabura Vaitar in Sifkatan Tazayan, the reason why we said you should not put your talus back on if it fell off is because it is a hefzik. Says the Mishabura, exactly what Yitzchak said, unless you are very bothered by the fact that your talus fell off, you're, you're pushed embarrassed, you can't daven. It's embarrassing. Everyone's talus is on yours on the floor. It's, it's embarrassing. So if you are Torah al yedeze ve'enu yachal chavin, your mom is thrown off. You can't have kavanu yishmon esrei. You'll bashenu kishi esayim habracha. Then you should put it back on. But you should put it back on between the brachos of shmon esrei. In the Sharetzion in Os Yutes he writes. This is from the Graz. Ve'lomad milael sov simen sadivav b'magen avram ayin sham. And he got it from the magen avram in the last simen where he is talking about. If you remember when the sitter fell and you're in the middle. And we said you should leave it, but if it bothers you, you should pick it up between brachos. So the Graz learned from there that the talus also, if you're embarrassed to be there, quickly finish the bracha that you're in the middle of and then put on your talus. But Avadol Gitzok said it's correct that if you are embarrassed to be there without a talus, you can put it on. So the bottom line summary, if your talus falls off in the middle of Shmon Esrei, if it's slightly falling off, you fix it. If it falls off all the way, even if you catch it in your hand, it is us to put it back on. If you are embarrassed like anything to be there and you can't catch it in your davening, Put it back on. If you accidentally, by mistake, or you never learned this halacha, you put it back on, and then you realize your mistake, um, or someone else put it back on you, which they should do, then you would make a new bracha after Shemona Esrei. If you are embarrassed and you want to put it back on, the only thing is you should wait till after the bracha before you put it back on. Why is embarrassed and, and tarred? Because why is that the same thing? Because the point is... Well, the, the, that's a good question. Shalim is asking, what's the difference between Torud and being embarrassed? So I said embarrassed. Right? I said, that was my Lushan. The Mishibur just says... Torud means it, that you're, you're, maybe you're used to that with your titles and it's helping with your Kabbalah. Okay, I don't understand. I, I don't understand like that. I thought Torud means like you're, you're, you're burdened by it um, and, and because you're embarrassed. I can't imagine... It's that usually in this kind of Right, but Shlomi, we daven mincha and marav every day without a talus, so it would be hard to imagine that you're tarred because your talus is not on. We daven many times without our talus on and we're fine. So that's what leads me to believe that his, his tear does coming because everyone else has it on and it's just, it's embarrassing that your talus fell off in Milosh Manesri. That's what I assume, but I don't have a riot to it. It just says he's tarred, I'm assuming that based on mincha and marav that it's because of his embarrassment and not because of the fact that he's just, 
used to having the talis on. Says the Machaber Viter in Sif Hey. Sif Hey the Machaber says, Hanose Masui Al Kasefa, one who is carrying a load on his shoulder. The Igiyaz Matfila comes time for davening. Pachos mi'arba kabin. If the load is less than four kabin, mafshilo la'achorav u'mispali. He can flip it over his back and he can continue davening while he is carrying the light load. But arba kabin. If the load is four kabin, manichum al gabe karka u'mispali. Then he should put the load down and he should daven without the load on him. The Mishabura says in Sivkotan Yudzayin Agabe Karka, the Masui shall arba kabin imheim alav mevatlan kavanoso. The Mishabura says a load that is for kabin that is on you that will be mevatlan your kavana, and therefore less than four kabin you can just flip it behind you and daven it like that. And if it's more than four kabin, then you should put it down. It will be mevatlan your kavana. Um, that's officially the end for today, but as an introduction for tomorrow's Sif. For, for Simon Tzadiches. Tomorrow we're going to do the whole Simon Tzadiches. Maybe we'll start now. I want to just... Yeah, Alex. Go back with the speeding. What, what about the... I mean, you, you never mentioned... What about the other people? I mean, if, you're, if you're, you discuss uh, speeding to the right, speeding to the left, not speeding now, you know, what about the other people? I mean, I mean you're talking about Kavad. You're, you're, you're asking a very good question. If I'm down and like, the guy next to me is speeding... That would throw you off. I hear that's an excellent question. Alex is asking, we talk about spitting, if it's going to ruin your kavana, say you're allowed to spit. So we're saying which way to spit. So if you're going to spit to the left, which is the way you're supposed to spit, what if the guy on the left is going to be grossed out by it's going to ruin his kavana? That's an excellent question. Avada, you should factor that in. Do you have another question, Alex? Enochanami, you're saying good. Yeah, you're saying excellent. So let's say it's talking about that you're davening by yourself. You're asking a very good question. I would say it's simply if this halachas would apply as is if you're davening by yourself. If you're davening in a base haknesa, so it gets more complicated because you're factoring in what you're saying. Okay. So the as an introduction to the next sim, I want to just show you one line. If you turn the page to 258, if you look at note number five. Look at note number 5 on page 258. Across the 58, note number 5. In the third line he writes, This is going to be an introduction and an advertisement for tomorrow night's year. Page 258. I'm just skipping to a note from tomorrow night's year that we're going to see. He says, Bishavua. A person should, at the very least, once a week, look into Simon Tzadi Ches B'Shulchanaruch, which is the Simon that we're going to learn tomorrow night. At least once a week, a person should learn Simon Tzadi Ches. Ha'oseg B'Inyan Kavana Satsvilo, that gets involved with the Kavana we're supposed to have during davening. Kidei La'orer Levavu L'chol Aniska Sham, in order to inspire his heart on everything that's mentioned there, Sha'akom Medina the Gemara, it all comes out from the Gemara. So that's an advertisement of the Sefer Yisrael V'Shara Shavoda to come to tomorrow night's year to see Simen Tzadiches that we should learn not only once every seven years, but we should learn it once a week, the Kavana we should have in Tefillah so that we could have him properly. We could start, we have a couple of minutes, we'll start and give a preview. Simen Tzadiches, back to page Kuf Chav Test, the Mechaber starts up and says, Hamispalo, one who is davening, Tzorech Shechavein Belibo Perish Hamilo Shemotzi Besvasov. A person that is davening shall have kavana in his heart for the understanding of the words that he is saying with his lips. The first rule in kavana in tefillah, and we'll see the Mishavura takes this very seriously, is understanding the words that you are saying in davening. 
V'yachshov ki'ilu shechina connected. When a person should be thinking as if the shechina is across from him, which it is. V'yosir kol ha'machshavos ha'tordos oso, and he should remove any other bothersome thoughts that he might have. Ashetishor machshavto v'kavanoso zaka b'tfiloso. In order that he should remain with his thoughts and his kavanas that are pure during tefillah. He should have no other thoughts going through his mind. He should remove all other thoughts before he davens. V'yachshov ki'ilu. And he should think as if haya midaber ki'ilu. Right? Change it on the side. Instead of ki'ilu to ki'ilu. Because if haya midaber l'thnei melav If a person was speaking in front of a... King of flesh and blood, a human king, he would order his words, and he would have great kavana and intent in order that he should not stumble in his words. Certainly when it comes to the king of kings, that he's able to investigate and he looks into all our thoughts. So certainly we have to cleanse our thoughts before we start speaking in front of Hashem. He's able to see our thoughts. If we would do that in front of a human king who can't see our thoughts, certainly in front of Hashem. This is what the Hasidim and Hashem used to do. This is what the great people in the old days used to do. They would contemplate and they would machavin in the tefillah until they reached the point that the, the Gashmias left from them and it, it took over the Koach HaSichli, the power of the Seichel took over and the Gashmias was removed. Until they reached a level that was so high that it was close to prophecy. If another machshava comes into his mind during davening, he should be silent until the machshava goes away. Okay, we'll we'll stop here. We'll do this again. Amit Hashem, we'll do the whole sim in Tzadiches with the Mishabura Amit Hashem tomorrow night. You have been listening to a shir from ShasIlluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an eon shir on any daffin shas, including Maramakaimas on each shir, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS, that's 203-312-7427, or email info at shasilluminated.org.